Good day, lads and lasses, and welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. It's been over a month since we last spoke, as sad as we are to admit that, but in that time, the good news is St. Louis City has been red hot. They won three in a row as they head towards the League's Cup break, and we'll break down all the action without their designated players up ahead. Plus, we'll touch on the early transfer news and the latest from the U.S. men's national team in this loaded episode. It's a lot to cover, so let's kick off. If you just regret it, Welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads podcast or the STL podcast, if you're nasty, as they say. People say that, right? People all the time. I yeah. shouldn't. I definitely shouldn't. That's for sure I shouldn't. Some people do, you know, though. But some people do. Um, and and we're one of those um, people. So, you know, um, I am uh, Stephen Ground. I'm joined by uh, Justin Horniker, who uh, once actually his name actually started his last name started with a silent G once upon a time, but uh, they gave it to Greg Berhalter at Ellis Island. So now it's just yes. Justin Horniker with an H. Uh, fun fact for folks there. How are you doing tonight, Justin? I'm doing good. I'm upset that we haven't talked since the Berhalter appointment because I really wish that we didn't have to talk about it tonight. So, yeah, that's, that's what true. I'm doing. I'm doing great. What side of the state of Missouri are you on tonight? I'm I'm in the KC side tonight. Okay. I'll be in the St. Louis side uh, two days from now. But for now, yeah. you got me in KC. Excellent. And uh, to our loyal viewer and listener out there, uh, our sincerest apologies for being gone for so long. I don't I don't really know what happened. It's been a I know it's been a crazy month. I've bought a house. I've had some. Some stuff going on, Justin. I know you've been traveling a lot too. Yeah, um, I crashed my car. That also you crashed your car. Sucked. Yeah, yeah. And you were legally dead for thirty-five seconds at so, least. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, our goal—we want to get back to doing weekly. It's not our goal to be uh, that month between episodes podcast again. But here we are. It happened. We'll we'll rally around. We'll take um, our shame. We'll mm-hmm. rally around uh, Sam at dinner and, and we'll play good football. You know, that's what that's what I can say here. Uh, and let's uh, let's talk about Big Sam and the boys, uh, because St. Louis City have been making some noise here over the last three games. We missed, I believe, five games. Uh, we're three zero and three three two and zero in that stretch. Three two and zero in that stretch. Um, but um, you know, these last three games, you know, not the not the stiffest competition in the world. Um, but very convincing, uh, solid wins over, you know, a couple of decent teams, um, one decent team, I guess, in San Jose and then um, Toronto and and uh, Colorado are both, you know, the drizzling shits. But um, We're on the road, though, on the road in Toronto, on the road. And you got to win the games. You play to win the game, as they say. Gotta so win the games. I'm not going to um, point out that Colorado scored like zero goals in the five games before they played us. We're not going to talk about that at all. We're not going to talk about that at all. Even it's a great way. Leave that out of it. Listen, <laughs> um, I don't feel the need to go back and try and break down uh, any of these games. I think that I think the Nashville game was probably, I would say, our worst of the season, maybe. Um, in in a lot of respects, um, but it's been a while, so I could be inflating that and just hating Nashville. I mean, like, yes, but also that was kind of fresh off the. But it was a very good team, and we were very injured. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not. Hard. Yeah, and he, I just ran over him. So. He beasted. Um, get him to Qatar as soon as possible. I say, but yeah, I mean, I think um, I think that's what we should talk about more than any individual game. Obviously, we can dive into this last one a little more. It's just. This team continues to find depth. Um, it continues to find those pieces. Justin, don't worry. I'm going to let you take your AC Jackson victory lap here in a little bit. But um, as day one truthers, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but you know, whatever whatever the situation, we're down both designated players. You know, um, I'm I'm never going to justify Lutz's designated team comments because they were corny as hell. Um, Obviously, uh, he brought it back last week at the transfer talk. But so. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. All right, go on. Sorry. Back it up. If you're going to say it, back it up. 
and they've backed it up. You know, they've had both of their designated players missing for a month now. And not only have they weathered the storm, but they're coming through pretty strong with a, you know, nine, nine out of 15 possible points and, and grabbing a win from a, a tough San Jose team, grabbing two road wins, getting contributions. The defense has looked stronger again, Colorado and Toronto. So maybe that's more, more of the reason why, but you know, like Berkey's obviously looked fantastic. And uh, I think there's a lot to be positive about. So Justin, why don't you kind of kick it off? And I guess kick it off is a weird thing to say five minutes into the podcast, but why don't you kind of take us where you want to take us and talk about some things that you've been seeing. In the yeah. Team. Let's kick that ball. That, that's right. That's what wanted, they say. That that's how they start every game of soccer is, is the referee just screams, let's kick that ball. And then they, kick. and then they, yeah. And then they do sometimes. That's right. That's right. Uh, anyway. But yeah, it's been impressive, right? Like, I think I'm trying to think of the timeline of when Leeson went down. I think it was before that Nashville game. So Edu goes down, they lose to Nashville, they lose to Real Salt Lake at home, which I think was the real eye opener because it was kind of like get it together, or else you know we're going to be sliding down the mudslide mm-hmm. at that point. But they come back from that game, they call they recall Sam Adenaran. Sam Adenaran comes back, meets the team in San Jose immediately scores the goal and gets an assist. Didn't he have two? That, he had a goal. I think he had two, unless maybe one of them got re-attributed at some point. But yeah, he had two yeah, in the had, San Jose He had game. the goal and then he had the pen. Right. I'm thinking of the assist he had uh, in the, so the, yeah, the Colorado game when he like keeps the ball from going out of bounds. He like fights off a defender and finds Jared Stroud. That's what I'm thinking of. But yeah, yeah. so he has Two goals and assists the last three games. We got there, folks. <laughs> we got there. Uh, so, like, what more could you ask about a guy that wasn't with this team, like, the last time we recorded this podcast? And then also you have the rise of Daisy Jackson, Akil Watts, Josh Yarrow has been great. Not out of nowhere, because I think he's kind of been at the same level of all those other guys. He just hasn't been able to get in the lineup, per se. Um, but honestly, like, Anyone outside of, say, Jean-Louis or Roman Berkey goes down, and you feel like there's a guy on this roster to step in and at least do a serviceable job. And if not, you at least know that Carnell is going to be able to, even if not initially, at least within a game or two, adjust to the personnel he has. You look at what they've been doing. They have been 4-4-2 diamond the past couple of games. They started this match off in Toronto in a 4-4-2 diamond. And that's where you could see that the midfield just wasn't wide enough. So like Vaslev, Jackson, and Strauss all staying a little bit too narrow. So that's when you have Spooty and Kerr taking up that space in front of the fullbacks. Second half comes, they go 4-2-2, they move Jackson out wide. Strauss and Jackson are those kind of like wide midfielders with Bond and Vaslev being the base. And then also works a little bit better because you have Kilowatt being able to step up a little bit more. Also, uh, Kyle Hebert stepping up too. And Watts in that is able to step up, grab a loose ball, send it in to AZ Jackson. He scores his first time last goal and mm. they win one nothing because they can just clamp it down from there. And it's encouraging to see them do that without their DPs, without Joaquin Nilsson, who like I haven't seen him yet. Doesn't but he exist. in practice. He's probably probably one of the better defenders in MLS, hopefully. So to do all this without those names is impressive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I was definitely worried when the injuries happened to both guys, uh, Levin and and Klaus. I mean, obviously, they didn't happen at the same time, but losing losing Levin after you'd lost Klaus was a big blow and a scary blow. And then seeing the two losses made it seem like just like you said like uh oh we got to pump the brakes here or we're really going to be in trouble and they've just weathered the storm you got to give a lot of credit to uh big sam because not big sam allardyce big sam adenaran in this case but um you know number you two could, sam on this podcast yeah Fine. that's right you could uh be a little bitter if if you were him about the circumstances getting, mm. you know, getting signed by an MLS club, but then immediately loaned back to your um, USL club and, and 
you know, having to go back there and and probably feeling like you didn't really even get a shot in MOS to to prove yourself or show what you could do. Um, but then the moment he got that shot, he he took it. He was positive and he he took advantage. He got two goals. He won the game. Um, and really is, you know, I mean, he's he is the perfect backup striker for us in the sense that he's the perfect guy. He's as good of a Klaus, you know, type mm-hmm. as you can probably get just with size and strength and and rangeiness and that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, he's done great. He's looked really good. AZ Jackson, a revelation. Um, I mean, you've been excited about this kid since the day we literally picked him up. Um, so, you know, justified. Your excitement is justified. Your your victory lap is justified. But- yeah. I mean, it's just like, I have no idea how Minnesota didn't see a path for this guy. Like, it should be clear as day. Like, he was in the next pro all 11 last year. So it's not like he was just some guy that they plucked out of Minnesota's two roster to come in and be good. It's like he was already doing that at the level below, and he just needed that chance to get actual first team action and i think it's yeah but to-, to be fair justin is is mos next pro like designed to produce talent for mos like that's not what its purpose is so if someone's succeeding there it's not like they're just supposed to go yeah. to the big club and well, i think and that's, that's there, what they want know? it to be they want it to be the league where you their academy guys can come up and like have that step in between like it's honestly not that at this point yeah i know i'm being silly um that is they failed massively but hey their their loss is our gain right you know right so much like with ian himself minnesota's loss is our gain so mm-hmm. you know um he I, uh he but i mean where's is he where's he at where's yeah where's he at? good question he another reason we haven't podcast in the last <laughs> couple of weeks he was uh in new york and then he was in los angeles and then he was here in jacksonville for a weekend and now he's back home but like the real globetrotter that guy oh yeah or literally just one country but still (laughs) globetrotting in a sense you know it's a big country and he went to be fair like at opposite ends of it so he's experiencing mls travel you know that's right that's tough that's right um yeah i mean i think um I think everywhere on this roster, you see players that are stepping up. Uh, Nicholas Giochini, you almost kind of forget to to shout him out because he's been good all season, but like he's done a a great job of adapting to a a bunch of different roles that he's been put in um, and, and, you know, forcing, forcing his identity into the game and and making an impact. Um, Berkey has been fantastic. You know, it's, it's hard to, I don't know. It's always hard for me to be like, this goaltender's great. This goaltender sucks. But like, you can tell that he's winning. He's, he's still won some games for us. Or yeah, still won some like points the stats back it up. He saved the most like expected goals in MLS this yeah. year. So yeah, obviously that. And because of how skilled he is with his feet, that's like, that's the most viable player of the league right now. Yeah. I, I'd say. Yeah. I, I did say, I saw an day. interesting, I saw an interesting post yesterday too, that I thought was, was kind of make it, Stephen? Or are you, uh-huh. you're reading other people's posts? No, it was by you. Of course, it was. Okay. Uh, it, it talked about um, Matt Miaska seeing penalty kicks and saying three seconds to think of something silly that's fucking insane. You know, um, yeah. no. Uh, it was somebody was just pointing out like is Roman Berkey one of the most popular athletes in St. Louis already, or one of the most recognizable? And they were like, Cardinals suck. So you know, they're kind of out of the running right now. And then you were like, you know, Tarasenko and O'Reilly have left the blues and they're kind of a younger generation. I think it's kind of a good point. You know, it's kind of real, the face of this team and real great generator that post. Yeah, that's right. That is, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So very much disrespect to Sammy Blay, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I Berkey, what, what can you say about him? He's been sensational. Uh, you love to see it. And it's again, 150th like, career clean sheet in this match. With wow. Very yeah. impressive. Big deal. Big deal. I don't like think it. I've watched my sheets that many times in my life. A lot of so, sheets. You know, yeah. That's a lot of sheets. Um, there are people, I know there are people out there that are grossed out, but you don't, you ain't got to wash your sheets every freaking day. If you're the only person sleeping in them. All right. Calm, calm down a little bit. I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Do people wash their sheets every day? Is that there thing? are people who do? I, I've had people be like, "You don't wash your sheets every day," and I'm like, oh, "No, because I live. I have a life to live. Like I wash them What's the time? once a What's week. The you time? or I switch them out like once a week, maybe, but like every day. 
you don't have time to do this podcast. How do we have time to wash our sheets? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Who's got the time? Maybe people have like chambermaids and things. I don't know, but um, but in any case, uh, yeah, it's it's been great to see. Obviously, huge test um, Wednesday against LAFC uh, in LAFC and not in LAFC because that's not a place in Los Angeles. Um, that'll be a tough matchup. Obviously, they're probably the best team in the league. Um, yeah. I think what are you expecting there? You just... At the right time, though. Like, this is probably it's before the break in action where they can get recovered. Uh, with mm-hmm. Lee's Cup, like it's at the end of this fixture congestion, they haven't been playing well. They drew San Jose at home 1 1 last week. So, if there's any time for St. Louis to run into LAFC on the road, it's now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll take it. You know, I'll I'll take it. Seize that opportunity. And then, like you said, we've got Inter-Miami uh, on the 15th. That's next Saturday. And then we've got a, over a month off for um, League Cup. Is that what this call, is called? Leagues, Leagues Cup, Stephen. Leagues it's multiple Cup, excuse leagues. Me. Right. Come on. Two, <laughs> two the of the, the two God, of the please. top two leagues in North America. Right. I will, I will not have you disrespect this prestigious competition. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm I'm loving the soccer. I'm loving the team. Uh it's been so good. I mean, perfect timing also to come into St. Louis with two two other sports teams that are just absolutely on the ropes right now. Uh Cardinals are a living embarrassment and the Blues are not as bad, but they're not playing right now, you know. So they haven't signed Oscar Sunquist, so they are dead to me. So why are they even trying? Yeah, right. Oscar Sunquist's a bigger St. Louis City fan than the Blues are Oscar Sunquist fans, apparently. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton more to say about, about them in particular because, uh, I, you know, it, it's been good. It's been very positive. It's, it's hard to get as excited about, um, you know, it's hard to get, I, I don't know. It's always hard for me to say as much about games that we want. And like, we looked really good. We played really well. Um, I thought we controlled, you know, the entire game against Toronto, pretty much the first half, maybe a little sloppier, but it never looked like they were even threatening us. And, and, um, you know, I just, I thought it was great. Any any yeah. other comments you'd like to say? I just think from like a transfer's perspective, I'm trying to think about like where this team can immediately get better. And I don't know if that's necessarily the mentality that Luke has. I think he's just looking at how do you, you know, get the group more talented in general, but Earlier, I was thinking that they need a fullback, but seeing a kill lot step up, like I'm not necessarily convinced that he's the full-time guy yet, but the past couple of games, he's definitely licked the part. And Kyle Hebert, for a center back playing left back, has actually been kind of good. I've I've enjoyed it defensively, at least. I think Carnell likes him because he's like so aggressive and he can, there's a play I posted on Twitter, but in like the 72nd minute where he chases the ball all the way and uh, all the way down basically into Toronto's territory and just like dogging the guy to the point where he just turns it over and they get a corner kick out of it. And like that kind of play tells you that Cardinal is just like never going to drop him out of the lineup. But what do you think, Stephen, from a transfer perspective? What do you want to see now that Bobby Chompers is off the table? He's dead to you. Where do you go? Next? Um, I mean, I do think I don't, part of me wants to be like, well, a defensive transfer is boring you know but um i mean i think the place we obviously need the most impact is defense um there is part of me that still says like i don't know we're we're right in that position where making that kind of like name transfer still makes a lot of sense yeah to get some excitement like you know obviously the fan base is is rabid as it is but if you get that big name and bring them in but you don't want like an Insigne situation where that throws off the chemistry and they become a bigger star. So like, like you have to find two people, the same nationality. You yeah. don't care if they've gotten they're, along in the past. They're friends. They're friends. Hey, they're both Italian. Work. They're friends. <laughs> they both can say marinara and gabagool and stuff. You know what I learned this week, a couple of weeks what, ago, Justin, from, from a well-placed New York friend of mine. Did you know that gabagool is just capicola? I didn't know that. Yes. I the rest of us call Capicola. Don't know where I learned that, but yes, I did learn that was was Tony Soprano's how he says Capicola. I was upset. 
I was <laughs> disappointed. I got to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, you. I really think if you if you do go out and get that transfer, obviously not every transfer is a DP, of yeah. course. But um, if you go out and get someone, I would say you should really focus on defense. Um, if you go out and get somebody to be uh, a an impact player or like a big name signing, you just have to really make sense that they fit for, make sure that they fit from a culture perspective. Yeah. Um, is I Thomas Muller see that available? Like, maybe he's a, maybe he's a name out there. Maybe you go get yeah, him. He's German. I kind of think that they're German. just going to bring in a guy like Rasmus Alm and like Thomas Ostrock, where it's like these small speedy winger types who can play anywhere who are maybe undervalued. Like all the rumors have kind of been that as far as like players that they've been in contact to and reach out with, like outside yeah. of Firmino, every other player the, from like some guy. <laughs> who are the top, um, top uh, former Hoffenheim players? Ooh, that's um, a good, that's a good David, shot. David Alaba. All right, I'm sold. I'm sold. We got David, David Alaba is coming in. Oh, Ryan Babel. That's a that's a fun there name. There's, you know, he's probably 45 and not. What's uh what's John Brooks up to these days? He was at Hoffenheim, right? Yeah, I had to be. Um <laughs> man, this list goes down fast after our boy yeah. Bobby Chompers. That's like um, it's an interesting spot. I was thinking about this today. It's like MLS is in such a weird position in that, like, usually the best free agents are available in the summer, but you also don't want to bring a player in and like have them not be familiar with the system mess up the chemistry like i don't know i think there's a lot of risk there and so do you maybe just like spend money on young kids it can eventually come up like that's my thought is okay az has been phenomenal but he's already getting interest from abroad like tim parker is only getting older i don't know like i wonder if you just like go after a young center back somewhere like a young midfielder somewhere too like not necessarily expect them to be inserted this year, but somebody who is a work in progress. Or you just leave that spot open for one of the academy kids to come in. I'm gonna be the only yeah. I mean, there's a lot of options and I think Lutz has earned our trust that he's going to make the right decision. Lutz and, and Carnell. I trust in Lutz. That's right. Exactly right. Um, so yeah, it will be exciting to talk about them next week or uh, in a month and a half when we next have a podcast at this rate. But you Either know, way. Either way. Um, speaking of, there's no good transition. I didn't say anything related to this. Well, no, you know what? Speaking of things that felt like they took a month and a half, let's talk about the U.S. men's national team game last night. I recovered, hey. Justin. I think I recovered there pretty go. nicely there. That's why you're, that's why you're um, the friend. Yeah, thank you. Ah, uh, wow, that was not fun to watch. That was it was at the very end. It was a lot of fun to watch there at the end, but until we got to that second overtime, yes. yes. Um, I know it's not called overtime. Hard for me to get overly excited about any performance with this Gold Cup roster because it's like so clearly, guys, that if this was the A team, like ooh, yeah, Matt Turner, Miles Robinson, maybe Jesus Ferreira, maybe. Sandeas and Halovich on the bench, like a lot of these guys shouldn't be near a U.S. call up at this point. So, yeah, I just, I, think you my... think, I know we talked about this over text, but let's pretend we didn't. Why do you okay. think uh, that they do have such a weak roster for this? Because this isn't, you know, like like we've said a couple of times, this isn't like our B team. You know, yeah. this is this well, is it's like, like John Luca Busio's maybe the best player on they didn't want to call any the Euro Turner. players because they've had a long season and like preseason is right around the corner and a lot of them are looking for new teams. So you want them to be available to like go through those preseason camps and obviously they don't care about the gold cup. <laughs> like that's pretty obvious with these lineups. And then like Busio, he can come over because Valencia, I mean, what are they gonna do? He was like kind of roughed up this year. So he needed the playing time basically like, and he's like, good. like it's good that they had him because he's had his moments. Uh, but the rest of these guys are all MLS guys who are in season, like outside of like Turner wanted to, like Matt Turner wanted to be in this tournament. Like that's, that's your guy. And everyone else is just guys who are domestic players who have a bright side, like Dewan Jones. Uh, I thought he was really good. Jalen Neal, he's 19, he's 19 years old. Like, he's the center back of the future. Um, Brian Reynolds is really interesting. Like, 
And I guess he's similar to Buzio in that he needs the playing time. So, but he's also like good this tournament. Everyone else though, like I'm done with Sunday asking Gressel. Like I just don't want to see those guys <laughs> anymore. Dan uh, Shands, like I could do without. Yeah, it's there's not a ton of excitement. Like I almost I, would rather them have a U23 roster. Like just bring yeah. a bunch of young guys that can be excited. Like I don't care about 29 year old Julian Gressel. I just don't. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think the I guess the positive way to um, say this is, you know, it's nice to have a, a B team or C team, a, a third or fourth tier team that still has this much Which, young like, talent on it. Because I mean, you can say, you know, Julian Dressel, you're you're tired of seeing, but like that's a guy that's probably a, a a nailed on starter on uh USMNT like uh, 10 years ago, you know, like, so like six years ago, even like four years ago, <laughs> where there would have been yeah. a window where this is like your A group. Uh, now it's like we've progressed enough with yeah. our young kids coming through that there's almost more excitement. Um, yeah, Cal, Russell is 29, which is crazy to see, but yeah, like I don't um, know why you don't come into this game, I don't know why you don't start Kate Cal, I don't know why you don't start like. Brandon Vasquez next to Ferreira, because I think Ferreira plays more, like plays better as a link up player in these games than he does like an actual out and out striker. So I don't know. It's just a weird, it's a weird lineup in general. And yeah, I don't know what you're doing starting Gressel over Kate Cal at this point. Kate Cal was absolutely hilarious to watch um, for the record. Because uh, he was so good and so bad at the same time. Like there I mean, were moments, that's the experience, baby. <laughs> yeah, moments of brilliance, moments of absolute awfulness. Um, he had he had that uh, whole sequence where he stayed up just through an impossible amount of attempted tackles, and then just like did nothing with the ball once he like had escaped all that. It was just. It was very interesting to watch, but uh, he's a 19 year old talented player. He's going to have it's like, he needs those moments. Though. Oh yeah. 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 He's yeah. very talented. I'm not hating yeah. on him at all. It was just fun. No, but watch. it was very funny to see him fight through like a two on one against grown men and then just throw them all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I don't need this. Right? It's good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, obviously we're in the semifinal now. Who did we draw in the semi? I've already we got forgotten. Panama. So it's uh, Mexico, Panama, Jamaica on the one half, Austin, Panama on this half, which is potentially dangerous because Panama has like kind of played some good soccer. And uh, yeah, I think like I could definitely see a Jamaica-Panama final. Um, I think Jamaica be- probably beat this Mexico team because they've been trashed. Like that's the only thing about the Gold Cup is that like Canada don't have their full team. Mexico is missing some players, but they're also just like down bad right now uh are mexico the worst that they've ever been i think so like in our like, lifetime at least in our lifetime and like i think even before that maybe it's hard to like conceptualize but definitely in yeah i think it's fair to say the more i think about it, it's probably fair to say this is the worst they've ever been it's probably rock bottom right yeah i would think so i mean they've been pretty awful um i gotta admit though it's it's pretty cool to be a, a fan of u.s men's national team for whom you know, a, a semifinal exit in the gold cup would be like a horrendous disappointment with a yeah. C squad or a D squad, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, while we're talking about the men's national team, let's talk about the Greg good decision. And then uh, I'm so disappointed think, by this I man. Think that's part of my like reluctance to get excited to. It's like, yeah. why is BJ Callahan still in charge when you, I also don't understand that. They talked about it because like the question was asked and they said it's because they want Greg Berhalter to focus on big picture things before he takes over again. But like, what is, is a national team manager? A big picture? Yeah. And like, what else is he doing? And also, like, <laughs> didn't, also, and this, this infuriated me, by the way, but when he was hired, didn't he say, yeah, I haven't talked to Gio or any of those people yet? Yeah. And like. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that necessarily. Cause I think on one hand, it's probably best that everyone like takes a breather, but like, yeah, I just you don't probably. Know. I, I said this at the time. I'll say it again now. I'll say it until he's fired in two years. Mm. But I fundamentally don't understand how you hire a manager who is at odds with your most talented player. Yeah. Like, I just don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying obviously that Gio Reyna is Lionel Messi, but just imagine Argentina 
hiring someone that was openly and publicly feuding with Lionel yeah. Messi. Well, like, Messi's gotten managers fired before, right? And it's like, you kind of have to do that. And why time. wouldn't he? Like, I, and again, it's like, I don't, I'm not saying that's like the virtues I want to raise my kids with or whatever, you know, but like, we're talking about elite athletes and very replaceable managers. Well, and the frustrating part to me, Stephen, from like the athlete's perspective, it's like, the World Cup is the pinnacle. So like the next four years are what you're aiming your entire like focus on. And in a career where you maybe get like two or three of those moments, you're going to waste it on Gregor Rearalter coming back for a second term when well, not many and- second term national team managers do well to begin with. And you have a guy who's like actively antagonizing some of your players like uh, and also like how many people actually believe greg burhalter's the manager for the 2026 world cup do you because i sure don't like it's just it seems to me like what happened was they they heard the rumors about the america offers um club america not we're we are america so we're not our offers all the americans and they they got scared that they were going to lose the guy that that was like fine and they hadn't mm-hmm. found anybody. They hadn't settled on anyone that was great or that they were really excited about. And so they said, we got to get this guy in now. We got to make the offer and we got to get it done. And we're going to like, lose Greg Berhalter. We don't act quick. Come on. I think the craziest thing for me was like, that they, they went through that whole thing for six months about hiring Sportsology to look at all these, like to widen their candidate pool to just like hire the guy that's already been there for four years. His yeah, brother works that's the thing. You'd, you do a search for three months or six months or however long it was that alone is proof enough that you don't need to bring back the same guy you know like that that's it that's all you gotta do so it's all done like my fear is that they don't do well in the copa america and they just stick with them like for me it should all ride or die in the copa america and they're talking about how he's here for the world cup cycle and i guess you kind of have to do that but like to me if they don't show out well and are disappointing in the Copa America, then that should be it. But I'm not sure if my goals align with U.S. soccer's goals in that aspect. Well, I don't know what U.S. soccer's goals are, to be honest. So but make money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, anyway, I just don't, uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Greg return. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to fall into like, there is some toxicity around it all there and like, I want to fall into that. But I think just honestly, yeah, like I don't want to fall into that either. I just want to emphasize that he's an awful person and his there's literally no human being worse that you could hire to be the manager of USMNT. Yeah. But other yeah. than that, I don't want to be toxic yeah. about it. You know, like let's be reasonable. You know, hey, he was he was at City Park for the Vancouver match, and I think he liked to see it so his much. son get his ass kicked right and and he liked it so much they decided he wanted to come back to u.s soccer i think that's that was right. the turning point he's like this, this is, is like a week later honestly this did, you run, did you run into greg while you were there or did no you just... but somebody sent me a picture of where nice. he was sitting which i thought was very funny he was you, you know he's down in the rich people seats so you should have gone and found him you know ask him so hard hitting questions i should have to go as well i always, <laughs> I always love when you see like a a movie preview you know and it's on silent or something i always love when it's like is this a horror movie is it a book retelling like what is it um who knows but in any case uh yeah i anyway i'm, I'm not going to be labor the point with burhalter other than to say that i think it's the worst decision ever made by any human well, i think it's a good time to talk about that because like you said it's like so to, to kind of continue on that point i don't understand then Okay, so you get over it, you've announced him, whatever, and then you're just going to have BJ Callahan be like the lame duck. With It's almost like they're expecting the Skull Cup to not go well, and they're just leaving BJ Callahan out there. to If it if it falters, this guy that is the interim, interim manager could take the fall. Yeah, which is a shitty way to treat people and a stupid thing to do. And But you're, right, you're probably right. They probably thought, well, if it doesn't go well, we can't have that be Greg's first thing, you know? So, but then like, are you going to punish him if the next thing doesn't go well? Probably not. So they don't have another competitive thing until Copa America and they don't qualify. They don't have to qualify for the World Cup. They don't have to qualify for Copa America. So it's all that. It all just, it, I guess it, I, I get angry, but, uh, sorry, go ahead. 
No, yeah, I mean, we're trying to be better. We're trying to be better. That's what worries me, I think, is there is nothing. There's no, like, like you said, Copa America, obviously, but there's not one yeah. super, super competitive window. Like, you can't judge him by, oh, he's lost three games in qualifying, you know, so we got to get rid of him or else right. the campaign's done. Like, so until the World Cup, there's no way to say, definitively this was a good or bad decision and so i i just worry that they're going to go into inarguably the most important world cup window ever saying well greg berhalter's our guy because what has he shown us that would indicate that he isn't our guy and it's like everything up until uh when you decided to rehire him you idiots i think because i see what they do with blackout on the women's side too it's almost like and notice like blackout to these an awesome person but sometimes it's like tactically i don't think he's as defined as other national team coaches are and so then you look at a team who's just like crazy athletic and has all these stars almost succeeding in spite of like how they're lined up in the formations and the tactics that they're using in match so then i get like terrified that the u.s is going to come into this next world cup with their golden generation and be in that same kind of situation where it's like okay you're succeeding in spite of your manager almost, but because you're succeeding, there's no way you can just fire a guy. Yeah. Oh, well, um, that is what it is. We'll move on from there uh, and talk about um, what do you want to do next? Some transfer news? Let's, let's, let's talk about it, Stephen. How's it going over there? I feel fantastic. Um, you know, I, I the... The Liverpool, where this is obviously the only team I care about. I don't listen to anybody else's news, but no. Liverpool's decision to not go after Jude Bellingham is disappointing uh, because I think you had a chance to to really get a generational guy. Um, but the signings that they've made, I think, so far are uh, pretty, pretty sensational. I, I think McAllister is just a very sturdy, very solid very good player that's going to, you know, be kind of that calming, reasonable, yeah. steady presence in your midfield. And then uh, Dominic Zabaslai, who's a player I've loved ever since I've made him the centerpiece of my Watford rebuild on uh, FIFA 22 or 21. Which uh, I think was after you fell in love with him at the World Cup, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's been, the yeah, It's very possible yeah. that that's true. <laughs> um, but, uh, or maybe the Euros or something. Yeah, definitely. But in any case, uh I think he's he's got that dynamic like ceiling potential, you know, maybe game to game isn't quite as steady or reliable as a McAllister type, but has that elite, you know, game breaking playmaking potential. Um, and then if they do go out and get somebody like a Romeo Lavia, I'm assuming is how it's pronounced. I could be butchering that, but um, or somebody to, you know, steady the back, the defense, they've really completely remade their midfield in one summer. Um, you know, and I, I think they could afford to go get another center back too, or, you know, there's, there's a couple other places they could reinforce. Um, but, you know, I certainly, if they go out and sign three, you know, solid ticket midfielders, I certainly can't be like, well, they've been cheaping out, you know, <laughs> like they, yeah. they obviously, they obviously needed a whole, a big change on midfield. Um, and while I would have loved to see them get Bellingham and still make, add a couple more guys, if they choose to not get him and get three really good guys that, you know, are better than the caliber of, of guys that they would have gotten, obviously, in addition to Bellingham, I'll take it. So that's, there's like that's a, my Liverpool there's a butterfly rundown. effect here where Real Madrid agree to some Kylian Mbappe signing. They can't sign Jude Bellingham and he goes to Liverpool. That's like the future, future butterfly effect for you to have nightmares over. Yeah. Or uh, cut out the middleman and uh, Kylian Mbappe just signs with Liverpool. I mean, that's always an option. Who else is going to do? I mean, you got to have both of the world's best strikers in the league, right? Here's the thing. Here's the Somebody's thing. Here's, sign him. here's what I do want to say. I don't think it's going to happen. I want to be very clear on that. But I will say that we know without a shadow of a doubt that Liverpool has the money to do it if they want to oh. do it. Like on a pure money a level. They have- totally real scenario. I'm just saying, we know for real that they have plenty of money. If they if they decide we want to put one iconic player on this team and make that big splash, they can do it. I don't think they will do it. I'm being very honest about that, but I just want to say it for the record. 
any in any case um uh i think that covers liverpool which is the again the only team that matters or that i care about uh are there other teams that you'd like to discuss or signings that you'd like to touch on well i was going to talk about some u.s signings uh or some u.s men's national team player signings i should say uh pulisic is over it hasn't like officially been announced yet, but it's basically been announced that Pulisic is going to AC Milan, which I think is a fantastic move for that guy. Uh, yeah. Like almost perfect placement for him. Uh, Weston McKinney has been linked Just with Dortmund. Beautiful to get him out of freaking Chelsea, too, by the way. Tell me about it. And like in a situation where I think he's going to be used well, and like Chelsea can use their wingers, they just also have like 12 of the same players. So it's hard. Uh, but I think, like, at AC Milan, I think it's going to be about perfect for him. Uh, and, like, he just seems like a Syriac type of player, you know? Yeah. Like, they're in the Bundesliga. I feel like those are the two leagues that he just made for. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he'll be really good there. Um, McKinney, I think, in Dortmund will be exciting, um, you know, having there with Gio. Uh, yeah, I don't think that one's close yet, but that's been the rumor. No, I know it's just a rumor, but you know, it's a it's a rumor I'm down with if it happens. Happy Ricardo Pepe is joining PS today, Einhoven, which is also another like perfect fit because Pepe was top ten in scoring. Well, we talked about that on the last podcast, I believe. The, these rumors are going out. Um, so that is over the line, and that's gonna be great. Uh newest rumor, Brandon Vasquez to Bayern Munich Gladback is the word on the street so check that out hey, you know harry kane uh, to bayern munich huh what do we think about that also <laughs> i think that's a fit i mean i think that's a good fit for him to kind of replace the Lewandowski that they were obviously missing last year um okay here's my one do you think it happens two are spurs more successful without harry kane than they were with him that's my that's my one two question for you. Uh, I think it'll depend on how they use their money, um, but I think they definitely could be if they are smart. Uh, are I they think, less Spursy? Is Spurs still in their DNA, or was this a Harry Kane problem? Well, Spurs is in their DNA, um, much like Kendrick Lamar has loyalty and royalty inside his DNA. Spurs has Spursiness inside his DNA, um, inside their DNA. You know, um, so. But yeah, I mean, Premier League is looking pretty interesting. Like, I like the moves that Arsenal is making with Declan Rice, although that's a crazy overpay for an English midfielder. But oh my god, if he was, I <laughs> listen, I don't, I'm not playing the race card, but if this dude was black, he'd make 65 million. What the fuck is happening? If he wasn't English, I won't even make it a race thing, but if yeah, he wasn't, yeah, English, that's what it is, right? If he was yeah. like some Frenchman, like, yeah. <laughs> Declan Rice. If this was Declan Rice. <laughs> Declan Rice. Yeah. Uh, That's like I mean, a, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. player. I don't like. I no hate on him, but like 123 just, million, Stephen. 123 insane. million euros. Also, the amount that like Premier League clubs fleece other Premier League clubs. Like, don't don't buy within the Premier League if you can avoid him, because. <laughs> At least not at that star level. Like I think well, the yeah, McAllister like, deal was pretty reasonably priced, but like you're paying extra because he's English and they have like the number of English players, whatever. And also like you're paying extra so that he doesn't go to Man City. <laughs> That's you got two taxes going on. The no Man City tax. And then Pep will just bring in some guy you'd never heard of. He's perfect in every way. Yeah, exactly. Uh what about the Onana? What's what's my name? Uh rumors how do you feel about those i think that's like that's what makes like i look at the top five teams in the Premier league and it seems like they're all making signings that like should actually, it, actually like, make sense yeah like onana is kind of exactly what oh no, man, no. Like, post day like post day of manchester united needs i think i love onana he's fantastic um but yeah, I mean, I think that's a good pickup for Man U. What about anything else Man U's doing or looking at that you want to talk about? I don't know. I like <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm so you thinking done. of you thinking about switching? You thinking about getting a new, new? new no, I just out? think I I don't feel 
a lot of loyalty to like any Premier League team. I think now that I have like local, you gotta have a team, Justin. You gotta pick one. You can't be a fence sitter. Well, like I think United will always be my team per se. I just don't care about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They've just done me dirty. Yeah, also, um, the uh, rumored like Saudi ownership. I guess it was. Wow, yeah. Like that's potentially that problematic. So. Like I, I don't necessarily like where this ownership situation is going. Not that I like the Glazers' ownership group to begin with, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Like at a certain point, it doesn't matter. Like I'm not from Manchester, so like, what do I care? But <laughs> I'm from Manchester, Missouri, kind of. You know, so. Ayo. Um. Yeah. I, I like it from. Fair. Like I, I enjoy. Which like is a shame that I. I don't know. I like Aaron Ten- Eric Ten Hag. I like all these signings that they've made. I just find myself caring less about the Premier League in general. I think just because so much is happening, like in U.S. soccer, where like my attention is just divided. And so when I go to watch Premier League, I just want to watch a good game. I don't want to watch United like struggle to a one-one draw against Burnley. Uh, just not fun. <laughs> That's fair. I'm, I'm That's hurt. Fair. I'm hurt by past by past misgivings. I think I'm really into. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. I th- I think I'm into Bright as like a new, uh, not a, obviously to replace Liverpool, but as like a number two team. I don't know. I think I dig the vibes. I think I dig the Brighton vibes. I always like Brighton. Let me. Uh, how are you? How are you feeling about Luton Town? Um, you I know, feel you... like they're going to get bounced so mercilessly for this league. <laughs> I think it'll be fun, like good for them. You made it. You're going to make some money. I'm very happy for you. You are going to get demolished. Um, do you think this is the finally the season Everton gets relegated? <laughs> no, I think last year was the year and they, they survived yeah. it. They're out I, the other side. I agree. Garrett, it's looking up. It's only, it's only uphill from here. That's right. Take heart, Garrett. Um, so How about, this conversation, we can play it back when Everton gets relegated and that's, that's, that's right. How about four B teams, four indistinguishable B teams? In, uh, and by B teams, I mean teams that start with the letter B in uh, Premier League next season. Bournemouth, Brentford, Brighton, and Burnley. Imagine being new to this league and trying to keep those four distinct. You know, which that'd be fun. Which, you know? Yeah, who knows? Brighton's blue, at least. The other three are all red, kind of. I mean, I guess Burnley's not quite red. So, say you're someone getting scouted by Premier League. Say you're like some Japanese player in the J-League. You're getting scouted by Burnley. Do you think you can tell the difference between like Burnley and Brighton? (laughs) Or uh, between Um, No. Burnley and and Aston Villa, for sure, you can't tell the difference. Um, Burnley, by the way. And we talked about Burnley having a new crest yet. This is new. They do have an updated crest. I was just noticing that. It's not really new in any way, but it's different. <laughs> it's the same, but new, you know? Update crest out of Premier League return. I mean, it's basically just they want one color and put another border around the R.O. Badge that they had, right? Like that's what yeah, they did. Pretty much. <laughs> they yeah. took all the color out. They want one color and put an extra badge around it. Should we simplify <laughs> this and make it more iconic in any way? No, no we shouldn't do that. Right. How um, can this look like a Apple app? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What imagine Apple made an app for a generic uh Premier League team. Oh, what it's if... not even that they they literally just made it one color. I thought that the inside crest, like I thought that that was the old. The old crest, but they literally just no, made yeah, it. they literally just made it one color. Yeah, <laughs> that's not an 100%. update. That's not an update. What are you doing? That's a down date. That's what that is. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, next oh, year's Premier League season. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Again. I'm so excited for the Premier League to be back. That's my vibe. That's my vibe. That's where I'm at. All right. Way too early. Way too early. Who do you want to get relegated? Give me your three teams. <laughs> My three teams to get relegated. Relegated. Three teams that you hope get relegated. Oh, hope get relegated. Yeah. Ooh, no, that's spicy. Let's go on, bots. I'm obviously not going to say Man City, even though that's true. Um, 
Okay, yeah, realistic, realistic. <laughs> Man, I don't I want to say I I don't want to say Everton. I actually don't want to say Everton. Um I I nothing Bournemouth. Bournemouth is definitely one of them. I just have no like I can't I can't tell you anything about Bournemouth. I know nothing about Bournemouth. They have no identity. I don't even really understand their crest. Like obviously it's somebody Very. heading, but what's going on with that person's hair? I don't get it. So Bournemouth is one. Um, Burnley, uh, just for the new crest alone. Mm, no, no, against crest against design. Yeah, yeah. Burnley, I think, is going to be saved because Fulham has to go. I'm over Fulham. Fulham's a their their championship team. I'm sorry, Tony Khan, but you had a nice year. Get out of here, you know. Um, and then it's down to Nottingham Forest and Sheffield United for me. I'm going to say Sheffield United. Update your logo. You look like. You look like you look like a Saudi team, to be honest, and and that's going to become more and more of a problem. So, stop looking like one. You know, I think it's yeah, it's interesting because like I don't I mean, have I, an affinity to Sheffield United, but I love that they have scimitars on their crest. So like to me, to me that just like takes them up. In yeah, the well that's fair. I mean you could you could <laughs> go either way with that. I I fully expect Luton Town to get relegate relegated. But I mean, from a just a comedy perspective of them staying up another year, I would say, you know, let's from a, it's so I much want them to modernize anything. I need them no, to no, they have to stay the same. They have to make don't mess yeah. with your kit, don't mess with that crest. Absolutely not. No, don't change a thing. Not one adjustment at all. Um, no, I feel like uh as hard as it is to get to the Premier League, it's weirdly harder to stay, you know. And yeah. I mean, good for them. They did the road to glory that, you know, FIFA managers, I'm sorry, uh, EA Sports FC managers everywhere uh, want to do and don't have the patience to do. But um, you know what? This is this is how this is how uh, high maintenance I am, Justin. One of the main reasons that I struggle to do the road to glory stuff, which is where you take like a, a, yeah. a League Two team and, and get them all the way to the Premier League, is I get them there and then they freaking have like, they look like amateurish jerseys and I feel mm-hmm. weird about it. I'm like, these are fine for the Premier League, but you can't have like fun, fun F, F Viz as your sponsor in the in the Premier League, you know, like. Yeah, I so like in the old game, Steven, like I want to say like 08, 09, you used to be able to like update your sponsorship and like, I don't, know why they don't bring that back like i, I, I mean guess I know it's because they're not gonna do anything new ever for the franchise mode but that'd be cool i do I wonder if it's is it just because they don't want it that they actually do they actually make money off the sponsors sure they do i'm sure there's some, some sort of small amount of image right? rights yeah. or something but yeah i don't know man they should they should fix they should just like, and they did fix it in the new games and that the jerseys don't like completely amateur but like in the older games too if you took like a leap one team and brought them up like the jersey physics would be different than the like top flight teams like you could tell anyway it's enough it's enough fifa orienting i think fair enough i can't wait um for fifa to come out for uh uh, the Premier League season. So that's what I have to say. Any more soccer news uh, that we should talk about, Justin? The Women's World Cup's coming up. You want to talk about that? You're more of an expert than I am, but I'm excited. I'm actually going to watch some this year. Yeah. As my contribution to equality, I will watch soccer on my own. Hell ass. yeah. Um, yeah. I have some wouldn't you say I'm a wouldn't you say I'm a feminist if I watch two games of the Women's World Cup? I would say I'm a feminist. I think so. The fact that yeah. you're open to it, right? Yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to have some more in-depth stuff on talking soccer. Both the Substack and the YouTube page are going to have some guests to come on and talk about the different groups. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm like, I'm apprehensive about the U.S. at this point. I kind of wrote about this a bit, but like, for as good as that attacking group is, like, there's a lot of questions around if the midfield can connect and like the questions that we had the past two years, it's the questions that I have after this past game this weekend against Wales that as much talent they have, they can't seem to like, they're so reliant on Rose Lavelle to be that connectivity between the midfield and the attack that 
like when she is not on the field and when like they mix and match the personnel, it's so noticeable. So that's mm-hmm. my that's my worry going into this is that they're gonna have a game where they get punched in the mouth because they can't get it together. But I'm optimistic because there's a lot of really good young talent on this team and like old their players who are making this their last stand, like Megan Rapino just announced that she's retiring after this NWSL season. I think that's kind of like the last run for that generation. He had the like the Trendy Rodmans, Sophia Smith, the Alyssa Thompsons of the world, the Stab DeMellos of the world, Naomi Germans of the world coming in. Uh, so it's an interesting like mix of players too that I'm excited about. Well, Justin, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but imagine I was someone who didn't know a lot about women's okay. soccer. Just yeah. imagine. I obviously do, but imagine I wasn't. Who are three or four players that I need to be watching for? Maybe one can be on the U.S. team, but uh, as many as you can from other teams, too. Yeah. So, like the big player, Sam Kerr, of course. These World Cups that that one I actually do know. But World Cup is in Australia, so like I feel like this is going to be a big, a big moment for Sam Kerr and the uh, Matilda. So they, there's a very good doc right now on Austin Matilda. I think it's on Paramount. It's on Paramount or HBO. I forget. But there's a good Matilda's doc out right now that's kind of following them around and their build up to these World Cups. Um, Sam Kerr for sure. Uh, as much as I, she's very hate, good. Correct. Yes. As much as I hate to admit that. Also, aren't they expecting like 80k for the yeah, Australia for the opener. opener? Yeah, it'll be. I think it's gonna be a big moment because this Australia team, I think, is very good, and you have the home field advantage. And like, yeah. it's not as complete of a team as some of the other teams in the world cup. I don't think they're the favorite, but if they win or get to the final, like that's not surprising also. Um, As much as I hate to admit it, the English team is good, I guess. And like, they'll be fine. They might win it all. Uh, The Brazilian national team. Don't, don't do that actually. But obviously there's some, very good players on the English team. Ella Toon, Rachel Daly for your UNWSL fans, Alicia Russo, uh, Lauren James, so Chloe Kelly, those are your names to look out for. Um, the Brazil team is underrated, I think. I have a lot of hope for this Brazil national team, but there is a lot of ballers on that team. Dabinia uh, plays with the Casey Current, who is, I don't know, I think one of the top five players in the world, but she never gets the recognition for there's also Carolyn, who plays for North Carolina Courage, and there's there's a lot of good players in that Brazil squad, and like they might not have the depth of some other teams, but I think they're going to surprise some teams in the tournament. So that's my those are my things to watch for here. No cap, Justin. That rocked. This guy knows his stuff, folks. This guy knows women's uh, soccer. You're so real hip. You're real hip. You're real that's hip. Right. I'm, glad, I'm happy that. Well, you're thank you. You humble me. Thank you. That that means a lot. Uh, awesome. I'm, I can't wait to watch it. I really am excited to to catch some games. Make sure that you're pestering me when games are on that, that I need yeah, to watch. Um, they'll be on at like 4.30 in the morning. So you might Yeah, I know. Start. So, <laughs> they're, you know, I'll maybe record some. But, um, yeah, are you going to be up watching them? You are, aren't you? Because you're Yeah, I'll be doing... Uh, you're a I'm sick, sick, doing sick. I'm like a daily over on the Talking Soccer sub stack. So uh, if you stay tuned to my Twitter for that, I would say. Nice. I'm excited. That's me, that's me plugging, by the way. I'm terrible at it. I could not get it out. I was, so I did that 590 piece today. And and at the end, he's like, where can people find you? And it took me like about two minutes. Like, actually. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> and uh, you can find me. Uh, whatever. I don't like talking about you myself. Should, you, if, you, uh, if you get stuck in that situation again, you can always revert back to you can find me in St. Louis rolling on dubs. You know, you can find me. Yeah, they'll appreciate so. that. Uh, anyone, anyone, anyone else have a question for us right now? Uh, Is he in the room with you, Stephen? No, he's not. I think we've covered, I think we've had a real strong return podcast. I I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back, but I think we've done a good job here. I'm going to give us a grade. Like that's a solid B, B effort, I think. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So folks at home, if you uh, if you have missed us, give us a shout out on Twitter. Say hello. We're sorry 
we're sorry for the delay. Hopefully we will be back yeah, we're get with regular we'll episodes. Yeah. We'll get better. Yeah, we got two games to cover. We'll we'll get one set Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of next week. Uh, get you ready for the leagues, the, the, the cup. Does leagues have as many S's as Greg has G's? No, no, just, just the one, but it That's always trips me up. Always trips me shame. up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, until then, we will talk soon. Uh, thank you all for listening to this wonderful episode. Have a Have a fantastic evening. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you later. Adios.